Uh, hi, this is uh, me again with another installment of Driving Theology. I've uh, been silent for a little bit, I guess for about a month. Maybe two. I may even have a, a few podcasts I've recorded that I haven't posted yet. I have to go back and check. But anyway, this is, uh, we're getting late in April. I think today's April 20th. And uh, things have been busy here in Japan. We, uh, April is the beginning of the school year and the fiscal year. And so we've been busy with things like uh, since March, uh, you know, taxes and uh, uh, ending old jobs, starting new jobs. Uh, and as far as I go as a teacher, a lot of what I've been involved in and doing is uh, getting students uh, situated into their new classes and, and uh, getting new materials, new curriculums going, things like that. My university classes have started up a couple weeks ago, so university's back in full swing after a two-month break. Uh, and on the church front, things are just a bit quiet. Uh, I think I may have alluded to the fact that we were uh, going to send out a group to start a new church and that has happened so uh, they have met twice so far uh, and so our group at our house has gotten significantly smaller uh, but we now have two groups worshiping on two different nights and uh, so yeah two churches uh, learning to share the divine life of Jesus together and learning how to live by that divine life and so it's good um, it's kind of uh, unchartered territory territory for me I haven't uh, you know this is the first time we've done this so it's a lot more awkward than I imagined it would be it's it's very strange taking a small group where people have been very close and very tight-knit uh, for a number of years and then breaking that into two groups. I suppose it's like sort of comparable to when a child leaves the home, although not as intense, of course. Um, but it, it's kind of like that. There's a bit of separation anxiety that goes on uh, before it happens. And then uh, once it has happened, there's some questioning and some doubting that comes back and uh, we just have to continue to, to remember to go back to the reasons why uh, we had wanted to pursue this course in the first place uh, and the principles behind that uh, and remember the leading that happened and the preparation of leaders that happened ahead of time and all of that stuff so that we don't uh, get caught up in the the doubting and the questioning too much, but allow things to to hopefully go forward and grow uh, into um, new and exciting gatherings. So, yeah, I don't remember how much we've talked about that in the podcast about what it's like or or or, or why consider taking a group and. And, and uh, sending out some of the members to plant a new church, you know, all of the ins and outs behind that. Um, but for us, kind of the 
uh, kind of the things we talked about, and I'll admit that I kind of uh, encouraged this to happen. This was something that uh, I've been dreaming about for many years, being a part of a multiplying uh, a multiplying church, a church that uh, grows through multiplication. Uh, a lot of churches seem to be like um, crustaceans. They uh, have their outer shell, and as they grow, that outer shell becomes too hard, and so they they build another shell, and then they, they shed their former smaller shell, and then live in a bigger shell, and then continue to grow until that shell is too small, and then they tear that shell down and build a bigger shell, and that's, that's kind of the typical way that I would say churches grow right now. If they're growing at all, that tends to be the way it happens. Um, but a lot of that is transient uh, Christians, people who already believe in Jesus going from church to church because of uh, usually usually a, a popular uh, person that has begun uh, pastoring that church or a popular uh, worship band or things like that. And so it's really not true growth because then you have small lobsters living in big shells because half their body walked away. You know, that that's kind of what happens in that case. But church growth through multiplication is when you get to a size, uh, you reach your maximum size, whatever that is, and it may be different time to time. You, you may just feel it, or or I suppose some people have a number in mind that they, they uh, feel maxed out at. Um, and for us, it, it really got to be 12 to 15 people on a fairly consistent basis. And for our home, I felt like that was uh, a, a maximum number that, that, uh, you know, we were really growing beyond that for a while, but that wasn't the only factor. That's, that's one factor. The other factor is, do, do you have leaders who have been, be, been prepared for the church planting? Do you have leaders who are willing, I think is the biggest thing, willing to step out and uh, be a part of the core of a new church plant. Uh, the willing part is, is I don't know, I would say nine-tenths of the, of the thing. Uh, the other part is, are they ready? And I think, I think the only thing that I would say that will make you ready to, to plant the kind of churches that we're doing anyway, uh, I would just want to see you know, some evidence of spiritual maturity and a a desire to to pursue Christ, um, to pursue Jesus uh, and grow his church. And so we had that. We we we've really been blessed with people who I thought were capable of leadership and really we have a lot more. I, I think we could be we could have had two, uh, we could have multiplied twice, I feel like. We could have had three groups instead of two. 
Um, but you know, this is our first time to do it, and so we just want to kind of take it slow and 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 learn as we go. And, and the biggest thing is, you know, trying to pray for the the indwelling of the Spirit to to indwell these uh, sendings out. Um, and you know, so we'll see. It's it's still early, uh, but. God willing, we will uh, both uh, continue to prosper uh, as bodies meeting in our respective places. Uh, the, another factor was this uh, gives us a church that meets on uh, the university campus that's close to us. Albeit, it, it, it's a simple type church. It's it's uh, you know in its infant stage, but a church nonetheless. And we really hope that, you know, through uh, the other evangelistic efforts that are going on in campus, that we will be able to provide a place that's close and safe and welcoming for uh, those people as they find Jesus. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of a big deal for us. Uh, another factor that uh, kind of came into play was just the idea that if we've reached our maximum, we really don't have room for people to grow, and it's hard to welcome people when you're when you're stuffed um, when you have a lot of people. And so, by splitting into two groups, we create a vacuum, we create space, we create room for new people to join us, and that's something that we were really. really hoping to do and I think we've done it sorry I'm a little sleepy I went out at lunch today and ran four kilometers ran for about 30 minutes and I really haven't been running lately and I've put on a little too much weight and I wanted to get back into it but it's kind of kind of making me sleepy but I gotta stay awake nonetheless so forgive me if these uh, yawning pauses uh, break up the train of thought but uh, I'll try to keep things rolling along. May even stop for a, I don't know, a jolt of uh, caffeine or sugar or something. Might want to do that. Actually, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> um, anywho, uh, yeah. I'm gonna take a drink of water right now and wet my throat. Ah, uh, thank you. Mm. So, yeah, that's what's been going on. And, you know, with all the busyness of of the uh, new year starting here in Japan and the uh, church plant happening, I really have had my mind on other things. And actually, there are other things I probably shouldn't have my mind on. And that's <laughs> been watching Netflix. I found a new... A new uh, apocalyptic TV show called The 100 that I've kind of been into and I've been watching that uh, about uh, 100 years after the initial nuclear uh, apocalypse <clears throat> where people on the earth have survived and then people who took refuge in a space station in camp uh, a space station in space <laughs> have returned 
and how these people being thrown together are dealing with territorial issues, uh, you know, even things like language issues and, and uh, the, the two, in the hundred years that they've been separated, the two groups of humans have really uh, grown apart. And then there's a third mysterious group of humans that comes into play as well. So, yeah, kind of an interesting show, but I, I've spent a little time watching that, so it's, I don't want you to, to think that the reason I haven't been posting is all because of, of work and uh, <laughs> and busy stuff. I, I do I do have my vices, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and Netflix has been kind of a big one the last several months. But <laughs> the uh, really big news are the earthquakes. Uh, last week we had two large earthquakes hit and hundreds of smaller earthquakes hit the uh, large southern island of Kyushu which is something like 800 miles from where I am and all of the subsequent devastation and displacement um, that has happened and uh, I have been involved in a a uh, relief organization called Crash here in Japan, and I was during the, the the earthquake of 2011. I was very active in relief work uh, with that base camp, and also with uh, weekend uh, relief trips to the affected area, which was about five hours. Well, depending. I mean, we we were kind of in the relief. We were kind of in the affected area. We were in the southern tip of the affected area, officially. But we weren't affected anywhere near as bad as uh, people farther north in Fukushima and then uh, in, of course, uh, Miyagi and uh, Iwate and those places. So uh, the two places I went to most often, well, the first place would have been Ishinomaki, which is in Miyagi Prefecture, about five hours away. Uh, the second place is... Um, was at Iwaki, and we did several things in that city, and that's just an hour north of us. And you may know that city, or especially Fukushima Prefecture, as the place that has uh, dealt with the lion's share uh, of the nuclear disaster that happened um, caused by the earthquake and tsunami March 11th, 2011. So here we are again. We have a new disaster. This is really the second significant disaster that uh, has come uh, since 2011. The first one, at least for us, it's significant because it was kind of close to us, was in Joso, which is in our prefecture. There was a flooding that happened and, and uh, a lot of damage uh, because of that. And we, we did, I think, two or three relief trips trying to help some people out there with... Uh, mostly help with their homes, doing some manual labor, getting them cleaned out, mudded out, uh, but also some of this and that. I think we had some stuff that we took as well, uh, and helped the church, I think, clean out as well. So anyway, we've got, we've got this new, fresh uh, catastrophe that's, that's now laid in our laps, and of course, being that it's so far away, 
I'm really torn between the fact that I feel the need to help, but because of the distance, it's, it just really doesn't seem practical for for me uh, because of my responsibilities and obligations here, uh, first and foremost is my financial obligation to my family to, to feed them and house them and clothe them and educate them and all of those things that come with being a, a father who uh, is the primary um, breadwinner, if you will. That makes it difficult. Um, but I really feel called to that work, and, and yet the way my lifestyle is set up, uh, I really can't. I'm, I'm really tied down. Uh, and that, that kind of bothers me. But I do pray that there will be lots of people closer to the area who will be able to rise up and, and uh, meet the needs of the people uh, with the uh, help of the Spirit and, uh, of course, with the armor of God so that they can go in and uh, bring the love of Jesus to the people of Kumamoto and uh, all of the other cities that have been affected. Uh, we do have a Christian friend there who used to live in this area. Uh, and we hope to stay in contact with her. But one of the things that happens when something like this um, uh, occurs is that all of the people who were formerly connected because of relief work suddenly start reconnecting again and, and brainstorming and uh, networking and, and so that network is now kind of up and running again and it's kind of like you know deja vu all over <laughs> the first disaster you're in is such a shock and if it's a big enough shock and you get involved in the relief work it really at least in my case it redefines you it rewires you it it makes you into a person you never thought you would be I don't know how to describe it um, but the trauma of that situation, uh, and then the the all of the, the the work and busyness that followed uh, in areas that we never thought we'd be involved in, really tended to make us see the world in a different way and our place in it in a different light, and. Uh, and I, I, you know, I'm uh, reminded of the scripture, you know, that you, what is it, for, for such a time as this, you were, uh, you are here for such a time as this, or you were born for this, or, or I really felt like I had been destined for that moment. And, uh, yeah, it was a very humbling and sobering thing that happened. The, the, the scope of the disaster. And just the way, like I said, it redefined kind of our role here in Japan. Uh, and 
everything became more, what's the word, urgent, I guess. Everything about what we were doing had a new uh, reasoning behind it, a, a new reason for being. And uh, yeah, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to pause this. I'll be right back. I'm going to get something to drink. Well, I <clears throat> opted for both sugar and caffeine. <laughs> so, munching on just a little bit of chocolate here and uh, drinking some Coke. I don't drink a lot of Coke anymore every couple of weeks maybe my three uh, standard drinks are coffee black coffee water and usually a little wine maybe occasionally a little beer at night but uh, I stay away from the sugary drinks I don't even drink fruit juice really But that's out the window now as I'm drinking a Coke. I'm having some nutty chocolate. Man, that really perks you up. So, yeah, how, how, uh, how I'm gonna be involved in this uh, relief effort is still a big question mark. And, and all the other people in our area who were involved before, you know, just how can we contribute uh, to bringing uh, yeah, comfort and relief uh, and you know sympathy and and all the things that are needed in this kind of situation there are so many people I think around 200,000 people without power and uh, there are 180,000 I believe at last count who were displaced uh, I don't know, 40 or 50 deaths.